0: This is a podcast of the Church at Indian Lake. So deep, as I mentioned last week, it's one of the Old Testament stories that has the most detail. And because of that, we can draw so much strength and we can draw so much insight. Truthfully, I could spend several weeks on Joseph, but I decided to look at it more as a topical subject. We're not going verse by verse through his story. We're going topic by topic. And so today I want to share with you three stories, and you're going to find a common thread in all three of them. And They're actually parts of greater stories. And we're going to start in Genesis chapter 39. I'm sorry, I think I mentioned 37, but it is chapter 39. Genesis chapter 39. Oh, I like that sound. The rustling of papers. That's a good sign as a speaker. That's speaking the Word of God. Starting in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 39. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in the house and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had with Joseph in charge, He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. Now we pick up the narrative from last week. We know that Joseph's brother put him in a pit. God provided provision because this caravan of Egyptian traders came, or or traders came, they weren't Egyptian, but they came and they took him as a slave and he ended up in Egypt under Potiphar's house. And we pick up the story and here it is, Joseph, his story took a very negative turn and yet as a slave in a foreign country, totally owned by somebody else, God favored him and blessed him. You know the interesting thing about this passage is that Potiphar realized that he was more blessed and he was he would prosper more by putting Joseph in charge than him being in charge of himself. Isn't that incredible? This unlikely slave from a foreign country had such success under his leadership that Potiphar gave everything under his control. Later on, you'll, you'll find out when you have time to read later that Joseph was tricked and Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And she, when he resisted her seduction, she accused him of rape and he was put into prison. We pick up the story in verse 20. Joseph's master took him and he put him in prison. This is the second story. The place where the king's prisoners were confined. But while Joseph was there in prison, look at verse 21, and here we start finding the common thread. The Lord was with Joseph. He showed him kindness and granted him favor. I want you to note that word kindness. some of your Bibles it says mercy. We're going to talk about that word in a few minutes, so remember that. You might want to just notate that in your your Bible or, or somewhere in your notes. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. Verse 22. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those he held in prison. And he he was made responsible for all that was done there. Verse 23, the warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. So there in prison, Joseph did a better job leading than the prison warden. The prison warden felt that the prison would run better with Joseph in charge than with him in charge. Going on and turn the page to chapter 41. Chapter 41, Joseph goes through trials in the prison and there he he meets the, the people who have connections with the king and he is rediscovered by the king. He interprets a dream from the king. And let's start in verse 39. I know we have it started in verse 33 there, but starting in verse 39. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, and Pharaoh is the king, he's the head of the nation, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one discerning and wise as you. There's no one discerning as wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders, only with respect to the throne, Will I be greater than you? So we see a trend from Potiphar's house to the prison to the king, Pharaoh. Joseph had so much favor and so much success and so much blessing that all three of them preferred him to be in charge because they were going to prosper more with Joseph in charge than with themselves. In all three stories, I want to quickly tell you three things. And here's your first fill in the blank if you're taking notes that way. God took Joseph to an unexpected place. And you need to understand this. Many of you have planned your life, and you have your own schedule. Can I tell you that God's ways are higher than your ways? You know, we cannot predict where we're going to be. No one knows what our world will be like two years from now, three years from now, five years from now. Quit being frustrated because your plan hasn't come to pass in your timetable. God has a timetable. And when you're under His blessing, You might find yourself in Potiphar's house. You might find yourself in the prison, and it might not be the place you want to be, but God knows where you're at. And in the place you're going to be, here's the second thing. God made Joseph succeed in that place. God made Joseph succeed in that place. Turn in your Bibles to Psalms chapter 1. We are not limited by our status Our geographical location, where we are on the organizational chart, where we are in the pecking order, we are not limited by that as God's people. Wherever you find yourself, whatever you're finding yourself to do, you are in a perfect position to succeed. You might be thinking, Aaron, you don't know my situation. You don't know my circumstance. You don't know my boss. You don't know my teacher. You're right, but I do know one thing. I know the favor of God. And the favor of God supersedes any other circumstance in your life. The favor of God is greater than any limitation. The favor of God will make you successful and successful in God's eyes, not the world's eyes. Psalms chapter 1 says it this way, Oh, the joys... Well, I'm going to read, read from the screen because I have a different version. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of the sinners, or sit in the seat of the mockers, but his delight is in the law of the lord and on his law he meditates day and night he is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither leaf does not wither now look at that last phrase whatever he does prospers now i get your attention now you start off saying trees and leaves and water what are you talking about go to the end, whatever he does prospers. There is an analogy, there's an allegory there that if you go back and say that the man who follows God, the man who resists wickedness, the man who resists evil, whatever he does prospers. And we see this personified in Joseph. That Joseph was a man who prospered and was blessed. Now, I, w- I want to tell you something it. I've been debating how to say this because it's gonna, it has a chance to sound arrogant or, or a lack of humility, but it's certainly not the case. But I just know this, that in my life, when I'm right with God, when I'm walking in His ways, that there has never been a situation, there's never been something I've been a part of that God didn't make me successful in. Now, some of you have known me a long time. It doesn't mean I've never had failures, because we could make a list of them. In fact, I was making a list of failures that I've just made in the last year and a half, pastor, in this church, and uh, it would not—it would be somewhat fun to list them, but we won't do that. But on the large scope of things, I want you to understand this, and the reason I can say that in humility because it's not me. In fact, throughout all my life, I've been in situations where people are like, how did he pull that off? Or how did he get that opportunity? Or how did how did that work out? Because it's not my ability, it's not my skill, it's the favor of God. You know, when I'm right with the Lord, when I've got the right motives, what will happen is when you begin to resist those things in the life, the enemy's putting on your life, and begin to pursue the things God has for you, whatever you do will prosper. Write down this verse, I don't have it on the screen, Proverbs 16.3. Proverbs 16.3, you'll want to remember this. I don't think I have it. This is one of my life verses. It says, Commit to the Lord, oh, it's there. Whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. It's hard to commit to the Lord selfish and pride, and it's hard to commit to the Lord things that you want just for self-promotion and not for the advancement of this kingdom. But when you commit to the Lord, and when God's in it, whatever you do will succeed. It doesn't mean that there won't be challenges Think about Joseph in his life. He was falsely accused. He was put in prison. He was killed by those who were closest to him. Do Do you feel the struggle? I mean, you can read the struggle in Scripture. You can feel the pain. But on the big picture, everywhere Joseph went, he succeeded, and everywhere Joseph went, he prospered. I love what Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry wrote an old commentary, but this. This is put so well. It's in your notes. It says, Good men are the blessings of the places where they live. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? Good men are the blessings of the places where they live. Meaning that when you're right with God, you're going to be a blessing wherever you go. You're going to leave a blessing. You're going to bring God's favor and His success to that place. Here's what I love about Joseph, and here's the third observation. The place God took Joseph was better because of Joseph's influence. The place God took Joseph was better because of Joseph's influence. Let me ask you a question. Where you work or the school you attend, when your graduation comes or when you put in your two-week notice, is that place going to be a better organization because you've been a part of it? Have you raised the work ethic? Have you shared kindness with your teachers and your students? Have you shared the love of Jesus? I'm not talking about, you know, stand up on the cafeteria table and say in the workplace, "Everyone, listen to me, I'm going to preach on your lunch break." If you do that, way to go. You're bolder than me. But I'm talking about sharing your influence and sharing your love. Your workplace, your school, the group that you're a part of, when you leave, you got to leave a blessing. And it ought to leave better Let me ask you this about your church life. Are you one of those people that everywhere you leave, every church you leave, you just leave a trail of disillusionment and pain and hurt? Or when you leave a church, and you do leave churches, whether it's a geographical move or whether it's a church plant or whatever the case is, or season over, but when you leave that church, did you leave a blessing? Because the favor of God Is that everything you touch succeeded and it prospered and you brought the kingdom of God in that place? I believe that's the kind of favor God wants you to walk with and under. With God's help, you're going to make a mark. With God's help, you're going to make a positive mark. Whether it be a small interaction, like the way you carry yourself in a restaurant, the patience you show with the hostess, the kindness you show to the waiter, the tip. You give. It either leaves a blessing or a curse. But see, your influence can leave a blessing. You can leave the favor of God there by the moving of the Spirit. Or whether it's a 12-year, 15-year, 20-year relationship with the church, you can leave that blessing. Because Joseph, everywhere he went, from Potiphar's house to the prison to the palace, he left a blessing. Well, here's a couple things, Joseph, life reminds us of. I kind of got two sermons kind of jamming in here together. It is Memorial Day weekend. We could end there. Should we take a vote? No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I did not mean to spend so much time in those three. Joseph life reminds us that this is an important part. Remember that word that I showed you, the word kindness in verse 20, 20, not 21? Chapter 39, verse 21, there's a the word kindness. Also it says mercy. You know what that word means? It means God's loyal love. God's loyal love. See, Joseph's life reminds us that God's loyal to us. Write it down. God is loyal to us. When they're in the prison, verse 21 of Genesis chapter 39, it says the Lord was with him and he showed him kindness. He showed him loyal love. It was Joseph's darkest hour. It was his deepest place of despair Joseph was put in the prison and he was supposed to be forgotten and he was supposed to die there. But God showed him loyal love. He showed him kindness. He showed him mercy. You see, God is loyal to us. Often when we face adversity and we face difficult circumstances, we think God is being disloyal, but we don't have the full picture. You know what was supposed to happen to Joseph? When his brother sold him into slavery, he was supposed to go into... Hard, manual, slave labor. And the conditions for those slaves were so intense that this young man man of 17 when he was sold so would not have lived a long life. He would have lived a very short life because he would have been used and abused and his life would have been cut short. And I'm sure that's what his brothers thought. His brothers thought that he entered into some kind of slavery situation of hard, manual labor. But because of God's loyal love, God put him in the home of Potiphar. And Potiphar was a captain of the guard. This is significant for a few reasons. Because when Joseph was falsely accused, we don't know for sure if Potiphar believed him. Sometimes us men, we believe our wives no matter what the circumstances are. That's just an age-old problem. I don't, never, I've never had that problem, right, Beth? I don't know how to set that up. I just thought it would be a good time to interject you. Um, uh, that'll be a great lunch conversation. Potiphar would have most likely executed, or had, Joseph executed. If he really would have believed that, that would have been what the law would have allowed him to do, but he put him in a special prison. And he put him in a prison that was designed for family members. So even though Joseph, at first read, we say, oh, how horrible, he was sold into slavery, and then he was put into this prison. God knew exactly what he was doing. God had... His loyal love set on David. God was loyal to to Joseph. God was loyal to Joseph's plan, his plan for Joseph's life, and he put him in Potiphar's house. And Potiphar made sure that he was in his family prison. And the prison warden that we read about in the second story was under Potiphar's influence. The whole time, God was showing his kindness. See, God is loyal to our call. I love that phrase, loyal love. It's also found in Psalms thirteen five that says, "I trust in your unfailing love. I trust in your loyal love. My heart rejoices in your salvation." Can I just, I just want to echo the wonderful sermon that Beth preached two weeks ago. The phrase, "God is for you." Can I tell you that God is for you. God is loyal to you. God is not playing tricks. He's not abandoning you. He's not forgotten you. He's not playing some kind of uh, trick on you or or playing some kind of game in which you don't know the rules. He is loyal to you. He's loyal to the call He's placed on your life. He's loyal to the destiny He's placed on your life. He is showing His loyal love to you. Romans 8, verse 31 and 32 says this, What shall we say in response to this? This is Romans chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? That's Romans eight thirty-one. When God has distinguished you, and we talked about that distinguishing presence on Joseph's life, represented in the coat of many colors. God has marked you, and He set you apart, and He set His love upon you, and He has done that for each of us. He is loyal to us. He he has put his attention on us, and he is for us. If God is for you, who can be against you? Even if your whole family turns their back on you, like they did on Joseph, even if you are misplaced and you have to leave your home, and many times because of negative situations in life, we have to leave our home. And where we prefer to live, even if you work for someone that you're you are more qualified than they are to run the business or to run the operation. Yet God has you there. God is for you. Who can be against you? If God is on your side, you have everything you need to succeed. You have everything you need for His favor. The truth we learn from... So then here's the second thing. You can be unjustly stripped of title and opportunity and status. And if it hasn't happened to you yet, someday it will in some form or some way. But no one can take away your character. You understand that? You see, we sometimes confuse our identity with our title, or with our status, or with our coat of many colors. We want something on the outside to distinguish us, we want something on the outside to make us stand out. But what makes the story of Joseph incredible? is not the coat that he started off with that made him different. It's the character that was on the inside that distinguished him. It distinguished him in Pharaoh's house. It distinguished him in the prison. And it distinguished him in Pharaoh's kingdom. He was distinguished by his character. Joseph's brothers stripped him of his coat of many colors, but they could not strip him of his character and his integrity and who he was at the center of his core. Can I tell you that what God has done in your life and who God has made you and who God is making you into? into no one can take that away. God has preserved that. That's why I love what Paul said right down the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy 1, verse 12. I don't think I have it on the screen. It says this Paul made this proclamation. I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. Paul's not ashamed because he knew who he entrusted his life to. And he knew who held his dreams and held his greatest desires. And that thing God has promised to you, he is preserving and he is entrusting and Those in the world, whether it be your family or those close or those who know you the best, they try to strip your identity away and strip who you are. Yet God has made you into something unique and special. Here's the last thing that that I see that that we're learning today. We learn from Joseph's life that character means you do your best even when your circumstances are not ideal. If I'm looking at these three stories and I'm seeing a parallel for these three stories, God's favor came on Joseph. God's blessing came on Joseph. God made him succeed, but he had to have the right attitude and he had to work in the right situation. You know, many of us, we have let others strip away our character. Many of us have let others strip away our, our integrity have taken away our work ethic, have taken away our drive. We've let the circumstances of life cause us to shrink back. We've let the circumstances of life cause us not to fully engage with our hearts. Can I tell you that there's a Potiphar in your life? There's a Potiphar in your life. There's someone that has influence over you. That They might be your boss. They might be an employer. They might be a group of people that you're having to serve and you prefer not to serve that group of people. But they have great influence over your life. And you feel more qualified. And you feel like you're never going to be able to advance under their influence. Can I tell you this? That God is calling you to have character. You work your best. You have a great attitude. You show up early. You stay late. You do your best because you're doing it not for them, you're doing it unto the Lord. You see, we're working in a time. We're living in a in a recession, and thank God that I believe we're coming out of the recession, and that great times are ahead. But I hear the stories, and I hear about people who have had pay cuts, and they've had reductions, they've had benefits deducted, and there's there's this tendency with any of us to say, hey, the boss is paying me less, I'm going to work a little less. The boss is doing that to me, it, you know, they, they don't, they're not treating me like I deserve. I'm not going to work. It's hard. I tell you, that's not the character of Joseph. Wherever you are, you work hard. Whatever situation that you find, you put your energy into the project. You put your energy into that person or situation. The thing in your life that's not as it should be, you treat it as it's the greatest challenge you've ever had. Why Colossians 3.23-24 says this, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information.